Life Audio. Hey, 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 everybody. I lost my way when I moved to Virginia Beach many years ago. I played sports my whole life without help. I played football, basketball, baseball, lacrosse, tennis, track, cross country. I even tried wrestling. Never needed help. What happened? How did I get there? I needed to right the ship. I'll be right back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm Billy Yancey. Please hit the subscribe button so we can stay in touch. Now, let's get back to the story. So yeah, help. That's slang for PEDs. Yeah, steroids. How did I get to drugs? I even promised myself when I was a young kid, I said, I will never ingest anything that's going to alter my body. And somehow, some way, I ended up doing it anyway. That's crazy, right? I lied to myself. How'd this happen? So out of, after I got out of the Navy, I got into personal training. I was personal training. And I wanted to get into bodybuilding. So I went to a couple of shows. I entered my first bodybuilding competition. I did AAU. It went by height. So I ended up doing a competition. I think I came in like, I don't know, third or fourth. It's the first time I did it. Uh, something I can never forget is I did a diet. I think I died for like two weeks, and I thought it was just so hard. And the night before the competition, I had a nightmare that I was getting chased down the street by pancakes. That's <laughs> crazy. Because I couldn't eat what I wanted, uh, you know, for two weeks. So, you know, that's what happens when you deprive yourself. You get chased down the street <clears throat> by giant pancakes. So, yeah, anyway, I was I did some AAU competitions, and those were pretty good. And then I went to, uh, like I said before, AAU went by height. I went to an NPC, National Physique Committee, competition. <laughs> totally different. Way different. Everybody was more muscular, bigger, better shape. It was just, it was it was incredible. I was blown away by what I saw on stage. So 
I started getting ready for my first NPC competition. And the other thing with NPC is it goes by weight classes. So you have Phantom weight, lightweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight, super heavyweight. So my first, my first NPC competition was the NPC Armed Forces competition. It was 1995. I was a light heavyweight. Came in, I think it came in second. Second, no, it came in second place. Came in second place. And the funny thing about that show, so. Part of my routine, you do a a, a ninety second posing routine at the at the end of the show. <clears throat> it's for the audience, and I had two pairs of tights on. I had red tights on. I had bright red uh, posing trunks on, and then on top of that, I had also black tearaways. And of course, no one knew it. So halfway through my posing routine. The music changes into like this robotic type stuff, real upbeat. And I paused and then I ripped off the the black tearaways and, you know, crowd really got really got into it. And what's funny is <clears throat> one of the judges was a woman and I could see her like when I threw the tearaways, she kind of like lunged back and crossed her <laughs> she, she threw her arms across her face because she thought I took my you know I took my bathing suit off my trunks off it was really funny so anyway we she's on Facebook we we laugh about that like over the years because she thought I took my trunks off and anyway the head judge chased me like to the back of the you know, backstage saying, there's a young crowd here. There's kids here. This isn't, what did he say? This isn't a strip club. Or I'm just like, I didn't strip. I had my trunks on. So anyway, that was my first competition. <clears throat> and what it did was, because I came in second place, the top two of each category qualify for a national competition. So I got to do my first national competition. And I know you're like, how, how did you how did you get to drugs? How did you get to drugs? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. So stay, so prepare for my first competition, NPC national competition. I'm pumped up. I'm tight. I'm in the best shape. I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in my life. I mean, football, basketball, whatever. I was in the best shape. I was muscular. I felt great. And there was this guy who was up from up north. This is his name. And so he was in the gym and I was posing. He says, Hey, you know, what are you getting, for, getting ready for? And I told him, Get ready for the Junior Nationals in Cincinnati. He's like, What are you, so what are you going to do to get rid of your water? What kind of, you know, what kind of diuretics are you using? And I'm like, Diuretics? I don't, I don't do drugs, man. I'll never do steroids, ever. And he's like, he said, you doing junior nationals? I'm like, yeah, I'll be ready. I'm in great shape. And he's like, he kind of laughed. And he's like, all right, good luck. He says, if you need any help, let me know. So I was just like, what are you talking about, man? I'm in great shape. I'll be good, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the show comes. I drive from Virginia Beach to Cincinnati. I can't even tell you how long it took. But anyway, I drove all the way up. I was excited, pumped up best shape of my, of my life 
got there on a Friday. The show's on a Saturday. Weigh-ins, I think, were, I think, Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. It must have been Saturday morning. Yeah. So I go to weigh-in, and this, you know, room full of just huge dudes. I strip down. I go up. You know, we all have potion trucks on, and I'm in my head the whole way. I'm saying, you know, I'm a heavyweight. I'm a heavyweight. <clears throat> I get on the scale. The cutoff for heavyweight is 198 and a quarter. Anything, yo, know, if it's above 198 and a quarter, you're heavyweight. And then 198 and a quarter down to whatever, like 180, whatever. But it's light heavyweight. So I get on the scale. The judge says, 202. What do you want to do? And I said, he says, well, you want to try to cut weight, get down to light heavyweight or heavyweight? I said, I said, I'm a heavyweight. And he's like, okay. So that's done. I'm ready. I'm getting all pumped up in the back. And I'm looking at these guys. These guys are huge. And I walk out on stage with my group, you know, the first group that I'm with. We do four quarter turns. And they exit us off the stage. And then they call, what they do is they, they have all, all of us go through quarter turns. And then they call back who they, who's competitive, who's, you know, who made the cut. And I didn't make the cut. And I was just rushed, just absolutely just mortified. I got smoked. I mean, I drove all the way up there to get just completely annihilated, humiliated. I called my mom. I remember calling my mom from a payphone outside the venue, and I was bawling. I was bawling. I felt I'd never been that humiliated, just crushed because I put all the effort. I looked, I looked crazy shape, but you know what? Compared to these guys, I looked like a giraffe. I would, you know, five, 11 and a half, just under six foot at 202 pounds. And these guys are five, six, five, seven, maybe shorter. And at like 215, 220 pounds. I'm thinking I'm a heavyweight. I was a light heavyweight. Well, if you caught that, but yeah, I mean that. And so that's what happened. So I hung up the phone with my mom and guess who I'll call next. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. KT. And he kind of laughed, man. He's like, look, you know, it's your first show. You know, you learn from it. And that's that's what it was. It was it had everything to do with the humiliation of being on stage and getting just annihilated. And I never wanted to feel that way again. So I called KT and he hooked me up. And the next thing you know, I'm doing steroids. Yeah, you know, the other thing was that really kind of got to me as I reflect. You know, the gym that I was at, it was very competitive. It was it was not a meathead gym, but per se. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a mix. It had, you had you had s- seniors, moms, dads, just people just trying to get in shape. You had kids in there. And you also had a really intense, you had some intense competitors in there in bodybuilding and in powerlifting. Flex, Flex Gym, Zame the Gym, and it was like known, we were known for putting out strong powerlifters and as well as, you know, really good bodybuilders. A number of times we'd, we'd have a bunch of us powerlifters, you know, and and the bodybuilders in their respective competitions and bringing home the hardware because we were that good. So when am I getting that? Peer pressure? Yeah, there was peer pressure. I mean, I wanted to be, after that experience in Cincinnati, I was bound and determined to never feel like that again. And I was going to get as big as humanly possible And I did what I thought I needed to do. So you take the humiliation and surround that with some really, really competitive, some other bodybuilders in my my class above above or below me. And I just got caught up. I just got caught up. And, you know, the first time that I took steroids, it you know, really didn't know when it was going to like kick in. I was like, man, what's going to kick in? It was like a couple weeks after I took my first dose and I'm in the gym and I'm, I'm doing curls. It's packed house. And they had some straight bars, you know, it goes 20, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120. And I picked up my normal, I think I picked up like 60 pounds barbell and I started curling it and it felt light <laughs> I remember looking around like I wonder if anyone sees me I'm just like great I'm just great I'm like I can't believe this is so light in my head I'm I'm thinking someone's looking at me and they they know right so I go I put down the 60 I pick up the 80 light it's crazy I pick up the 100 it's light the 120 I'm just like what this is crazy so anyway from that day on I was hooked I was not going to stop. I was just bound and determined 
to get as big as I possibly could. And yeah, that was it. So I ended up, my top weight, I got up to 300 pounds. And on stage, I would come down to like 225, 226. And then I was like a real heavyweight. But this is the thing. I was a real heavyweight, and I ended up going up to being a super heavyweight. So heavyweight was 198 and a quarter. That was a cutoff. Anything above that was super heavyweight. So I may have gotten those mixed up. But anyway, I ended up <clears throat> competing in a super heavy, super heavyweight class. The deal was this. I was reckless, you know, when it came to using those drugs. You're supposed to, they say you're supposed to, you know, when you take them, you take a, take a, for a certain number of weeks, let's say four weeks, and then you give your body a break for four weeks. Or if you did eight weeks, then you come off for eight weeks. I never came off. I never came off. I just kept going and going and going. It's went on for years. Just get as big as I possibly can and just some stupid stuff. I remember being at a competition. This was in the, it was in the winter or fall. So anyway, I'm sitting next to Al, big Al. He was one of the owners of Flex Gym. <clears throat> and I'm literally, I'm sweating in the competition. I was complaining about how hot it was. I was like, man, Al, you're hot. He's like, he called me ball, ball. It's not hot in there. I said, man, it's hot in here. He's like, Ball, are you on something? And I said, yeah, Dex. And he went off. Are you crazy? What the blah, blah, blah is wrong with you? You stop taking that. You understand me? That's the poor man's, what they call it, the poor bodybuilder's drug. You don't take that. That stuff will make you slap your mama. Blah, blah. I said, all right, Al, I got it. I got it. I got it. I gave it away. And the guy that I gave it to, he wanted to give me some money. I said, nope, you're good, man. <laughs> I want no parts of that. None. But while I was doing that, you know, I think back, you know, the 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 space that I that I was in and why what pushed me to do something that I said I never would do. Again, it was being humiliated. It was the fact that we were in a competitive gym. I wanted to fit in. And I didn't fit in. I wanted. I thought. I thought fitting in meant uh, that I needed to be like the strongest. I wanted to be the baddest. And turns out, I ended up, you know, being the two-time Mister Virginia. I achieved my goal. That that was it. it. It was probably, you know, it was peer pressure. It was peer pressure. And I was off course. I was off course. And you know, peer pressure. That's what it did to me. That's not the type of person I wanted to be. That's not the type of athlete I wanted to be. It's not the kind of life I wanted to live. And I ended up living it, you know, anyway, in that nature. Proverbs, first chapter, 32 and 33rd verse. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency or fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live 
in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. I was wayward. I was 100% wayward and I was a complacent fool for years to be the biggest, most muscular. And that's not what it's about. Let me tell you, that's not what it's about. I was not, I was not on the path that God had for me, wanted me to be on. I was like way off course, way off course, nowhere near. And uh, what's will it, what's really disheartening is I sacrificed myself in order to fit in in order to be accepted, in order to be, you know, ultimately feel good about myself. Like, I felt, I truly believe that in in order for me to feel like I had arrived or achieved or fit in or, or, or won, you know, that I needed to be the strongest guy in the gym. I needed to be the biggest in the gym. I needed to be the baddest on stage. And that's so not what it's about. That's so not what God has for me, has for you, has for us. That's not it. We get one body. We get one body. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race but only one wins the prize. Run so as to win. Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do it to win a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. I was risking my life, putting myself in danger in many ways, for a perishable crown, for a trophy. I didn't get any money for that. Just a trophy and bragging rights. My health was was poor. My blood pressure was sky high, like probably one high 50, 150, 160 something over 110 or 120. I mean, it was really high. <laughs> and I remember, you know, I'd go to the doctor and get checked, it, checked out. My cholesterol was high too, and the nurse, when she'd take my blood pressure before the doctor came in, she'd say, Mr. Yancey, you need to really watch yourself, take care of yourself, and say, you're going to stroke out. And I wouldn't. It'd go in one ear one, and, and, and go out the other. I wouldn't pay attention to it because I was so fixated on being the biggest and the baddest and one day being a professional bodybuilder. And, you know, if you want to get on that stage and, you know, it's just, it's, I can't, you can't do it naturally. You can't do it naturally. Uh, What God really wants us to do, because we have one body and we want to take care of ourselves and march down the right path, proudly living as he wants us to live, upholding, glorifying his name giving God the glory, living our best lives, 
helping, loving, taking care of others. But I didn't see it that way. I was all big, all muscled out, won a few titles. They were perishable items. Trophies were perishable items. Fragging rice, machoism, perishable items. I remember one time I did, you know, it makes you do stupid stuff. It made me do stupid stuff. I took a shot because I got tired of taking shots in my butt because it hurt my quad and really kind of freaked me out. So I took a shot in my chest. In my my chest, like my, just kind of blew up. I mean, it looked like I had a breast, like I had a boob. It was, so I went to the doctor. Doctor comes in. She says, what, you know, what's wrong? Hey, Billy. And I showed her. She's like, oh, she told me, sweep it. Oh, sweepy, what have you done? What did you do? What happened? And I told her, and she's like, are you crazy? And she got, she got, she got up and she started to walk out. And I said, that's it. She says, what? I, look, she said, you hit something. I don't know what you hit, but I bet you won't do that again. And then she walked out. I mean, it's probably the best thing I needed that, that I needed to hear, but I didn't want to hear it at that time. You know, I just wanted my daggone chest to go back to looking the way it was before I took the stupid shot. And it was summertime. And I'm in the den with long sleeve shirt on because I didn't want people to know or see or suspect. I just, I just really, really just craziness. You know, if you're on a computer or if you're out, and not in the computer, but if you're driving your car and you're using maps or something like that, or not even in your car, you know, it's, 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 it's thinking, it's rerouting, 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 rerouting. Or you, if you miss a turn. You're supposed to make a right and you make a left or you go straight. And the system is saying rerouting, rerouting. That's what my system was saying. Rerouting, rerouting. Because I was way off course. And I needed to right the ship. And it took me many years to right the ship. So I'm encouraging you today. If you're not living as God wants us to live. If you're not doing as God wants you to do. Right the ship. Right the ship. So many people are off course and they're not where they're supposed to be. And more importantly, they're not where God wants them to be. Right the ship. If it's drugs, stop doing drugs. If it's alcohol, stop drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking alcohol many years ago because I was, you know, a couple of times I broke out in, in handcuffs because I wasn't living as God intended me to. And now I am, and I'm grateful for it. And I took my lumps along the way. I used to beat myself up over it, and I don't anymore, which is why I'm doing these podcasts, because I'm trying to help you navigate, better navigate situations, turmoil, speed bumps, the drug way is not the way. The alcohol way is not the way. The cheating way is not the way. The light is the way. The Holy Spirit is the way. God is the way. Write the ship. Write the ship for yourself. Write the ship for your wife, your husband, your partner, your kids. 
your parents, your grandparents, your family, your coworkers, write the ship. Most importantly, write the ship for yourself. Because if you don't have yourself in order and right, and right with God, and spiritually grounded, you can't be right for anybody else. And that's what it's all about. Thank you for joining me today. A great night. God bless. Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.